Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. organized 
um, commemoration, rather, organized by free slaves and some white missionaries took place on May 1st, 1865 in Charleston at a former planter's racetrack where the Confederates held captured Union soldiers during the last year of the war. And the soldiers who died were buried in unmarked graves until this uh, group of Charlestonians, as they call it, gave them a proper burial and organized this uh, ceremony honoring the fallen individuals. And the tribute was attended by around 10,000 people, most who were black, thousands of black children marched around the racetrack holding flowers and singing. And behind them were some adults representing different societies for free black men and women. And that's how they uh, started this first Memorial Day parade. Yeah. Where there was literally a march. So it's not like they said it was a march and, you know, really wasn't a quote-unquote march. Now, that same day, they held picnics, soldiers marched, black ministers preached, and they led prayers. They had Negro spirituals and patriotic songs that were sung. There were speeches made by um, missionaries and soldiers. Now, they still do this stuff today to remember the men and women who've died in service to the United States. And Blight says that it was this tribute that gave birth to the American tradition. Okay, so again, a lot of this stuff is not even known. Well, the Time Magazine also talks about how 50 years after the Civil War ended, Attempts were made to confirm that the May 1st, 1865 tribute even occurred. Now, nobody claimed to know what it was about, or according to Blight, white Charlestonians suppressed it from even happening. But years later, a book then came about, you know, attempting to credit white abolitionists with, you know, planning all of this tribute by themselves. And the book had the date wrong, and it didn't depict properly the commemoration that had been organized the way it actually had been. So many black soldiers and veterans, you know, they feel conflicted about the holiday and about the role and, you know, U.S. military, and they, they have a difficult time kind of honoring this because they don't understand whether it was started by black people or white people. And for them, it makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, for you, it may not make a difference, but for them, it makes a difference. And they say, you know, that unfortunately, this is another contribution by black people into American history that 
you know, we don't know about that they don't teach in schools. You know they don't teach that in school. How long we've been celebrating Memorial Day and nobody told us that we started Memorial Day. So the black people who actually started Memorial Day may not have been recognized. But now that, you know, we're actually knowing the story, you know, we're talking about it more and more, and they're saying that more and more people are now starting to, you know, tell the story instead of just going on cookouts, excuse me, and gatherings. You know, they're actually starting to honor, um, you know, what Memorial Day is actually all about. So, I remember uh, quite a few years ago when we uh, did this, I remember reading this here information, and I thought it was a good thing to kind of, you know, talk about it again. So, you know, just in case somebody, you know, pops up and they're, talking about it, and they don't have this little piece of information that you just got that you would, you know, maybe share with them, you know, and not just talk about, you know, stuff and shooting the breeze. We're actually talking about something that really matters and makes a difference. You know, it's, it's great to honor, you know, those who you know, um, died in service, which is what we always knew it to be. But we never really knew the origin and, and how it, you know, who started it and stuff like that. Now, maybe some people figure, like, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is it was us who thought to commemorate, you know, in such a way. And, you know, We've been left out of history, and they call it black history. And, you know, some people are kind of twisted when they say black history because it's American history. It didn't just happen in the black community. It happened, period. And, you know, I can get it. I can get it. I can understand, you know, when they make a distinction between history and black history as though it didn't affect anyone but the blacks. Well, needless to say, this particular holiday is honored throughout, you know, this country. And, you know, Memorial Day is not just for white people or black people or whomever. It's not just for young or the old is not just for, you know, rich or the poor, men or women. It honors fallen soldiers. And we know that throughout history, you know, we have a, a plethora of fallen soldiers, not just black ones, not just white ones. You know, they fought for this country. And, you know, although... We may not subscribe to the fact that, you know, we should, as Christian people, should participate in um, 
the war or wars, you know, people still have died for us serving this country. And, you know, when we are pulling out that burger or that hot dog or them ribs or that potato salad, you know, we need to consider all that, you know, this day actually means, you know, because people actually, you know, signed up. There were people who were drafted, you know, back in the day they didn't have a, you know, they may have felt they didn't have a a choice to do all of this. So, you know, there's a lot of information on Memorial Day, but I thought that, you know, I would include some information that is not so commonly spoken about. All right? All right. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. I have some stuff that I got to talk about. You know, I had a nice two-day rest. I am celebrating that because for Shantice and I, that does not happen very often. Well, we can completely rest. And my body was hollering, rest. You know, we're, you know, around here doing things and not just sitting still. And for those of you who got an opportunity to kind of lay around, you know, it's not like I'm over here moving buildings and stuff like that because I sure can't do that. But, again, a day where there was no alarm, and, and that's what I really mean when I say, you know, rest, meaning that there was no alarm, you know, I could actually sleep and didn't have to worry about getting up or doing anything particular for that day. So let me just make that clear, all right? You know, we don't get that opportunity to do that much. Most people don't get that opportunity to do that much, so... I didn't care about a burger on the grill. <laughs> I didn't care about nothing. I just wanted to sleep. And sleep is what I did. So, you know, welcome back. I'm so happy to be with my family one more again. And uh, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. So, you know, let's get this morning started. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Osteoporosis is the most common bone disease afflicting an estimated 10 million Americans over the age of 50, with an additional 34 million at risk. Osteoporosis is the process of bone thinning. In fact, the term actually means porous bones. And really all adults are at risk for this bone thinning. In fact, one out of every two women and up to one in four men over the age of 50 will have an osteoporosis-related fracture during their lifetime. A woman's lifetime risk of a hip fracture equals her combined risk of breast, uterine, and ovarian cancer. There are some things we can do to help protect ourselves and at least 
slow the rate of bone loss over time. The National Osteoporosis Foundation recommends bone density testing for all women age 65 and older and men age 70 and older. For more information on osteoporosis, please visit the National Osteoporosis Foundation website at www.nof.org or speak with your health care provider.
that that Boston Celtics arena, they were just crabs, man. They There were no lights. There was no action. There was no nothing. Now, I know that your team did not win. It wasn't like they didn't give it the best that they had because they did. Now, where, they, where were they yesterday? I don't know. Wherever they were, they sure enough left it on the basketball court the last time they played. But they did the best that they could. And they were still, you know, the Eastern Conference, you know, host, the final host. So they, should, in my opinion, they should have been ready to give some level of festivities to, you know, Miami. When I tell you the place was empty, when I tell you there wasn't a balloon, a confetti thing, it was nothing. And I'm like, they need to make that a rule. They need to make that a rule that if you're hosting the final game, whether your team wins or not, that it needs to be some level of festivities. It was so dry because most people in the arena were Celtic fans. So we get the fact that they walked out. You know, you can't tell people what to do because if they lose, they lose. They saw losers, they saw losers. I personally would have stayed. But I thought it was just, it was just such poor sportsmanship for them not to have anything. I mean, it was no fanfare. Alonzo Mourning, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, an ex Miami Heat, you know, an alum to Miami Heat. He was looking good too. He looked really good, and I don't mean like sexy good. I mean, just he looked good. You know, to have, you know, been, you know, such an alum because he played for Miami back in the day, back in the day. And he looked really good. He looked really good. And, again, you know, when they were talking to Butler, Jimmy Butler, who was the MVP, it was so dry. Oh, my gosh, you would have thought they were at a funeral. I thought that was just poor. Sportsmanship. I don't know how many of you felt the same way, but I just really think they need to make that a rule now. You know, if you're going to host, if if the game if the game falls in your you know arena for Game Seven or whatever, whether it's Game Seven or the final game, the game that's going to dictate which would be Game Seven. You know, whether you know who wins and goes to, you know, the finals, which starts on the 1st. So we only got a couple of days. So, you know, Jimmy Butler and, you know, Adebayo and all of those good guys. You know, I mean, they they all did their, you know, they all did their thing, I have to say. they I've been keeping up, which I normally do. But I didn't, I didn't want either one of them to win, <laughs> actually. So I just thought I'd talk about that today. That was like real crummy. I thought that was just so dry and just so, just like unfair. You know, they didn't decide that they would play there. And, you know, Miami, I'm sure, had its fanfare going on for the Memorial Day holiday. 
and you got to have it somewhere. You got to have it somewhere, you know, and if it's the two teams playing, you know, you got to play one or the other, you know, location. But I just felt bad for them last night, so I just thought I'd talk about that. Let's talk about Tuesday. I can talk about what I want to talk about. Right, right. So, what else are we talking about today? Hmm. Well, I do have an update, but I'll talk about that in a minute. So, now, I don't know what it is about these young fathers. That's all I seem to have been coming across in the news and not having to look at news for a couple of days. I was like, well, what's going on with the fathers? Have they lost their mind? Yeah. It was all these young father stories. And I told you, it seems like a trend. Like, once you read one story, you then read a whole bunch of stories about the same type of incident. And all you read was about these young fathers who were murdering these kids or some level of negligence with the children. And, you know, it it was just like a little much for me yesterday. But I did find one that was kind of interesting about this Pennsylvania young father, Jordan Hirsch, 22, who was drinking on the night of April 25th. And he calls his family and friends in a panic because he says he can't find his 18-month-old son. So they come over and they help him look. And they find his um, son on the floor of the nursery with a bloody nose. Well, later, they end up finding his two-month-old daughter with a pacifier taped to her mouth. Now, here's the thing why this made the news. Because a couple of years ago, the dad, who's an EMT, he was given... Him and two other um, EMT members were given an award for, like, saving another uh, one woman, like, bringing her back to life while they were on duty. So now they're saying, okay, so now we give you that, and two years later, you in a drunken stupor, two of your, your own two children end up in danger. So they say five of the friends arrives at his house, and they were the ones, again, who found the 18-month-old laying on the floor next to his crib with dried-up blood in and around his nose. So maybe he fell off the bed. They don't know what happened. And then they again find the baby girl with a pacified tape to her mouth. Now, a few of them left to go to the grandmother's house to take the little boy, and a couple of others just kind of stayed behind just to, you know, hang out with the father, and that's when they find out that 
the little girl was actually, you know, with a pacifier taped in her mouth. Now, he can't attest for none of this because he said he was so drunk that he blacked out for eight hours from around 7 to 4 a.m., and he can't tell them what actually took place. So now he's being charged with two felony counts of child endangerment, one misdemeanor charge of reckless endangerment. He ended up making his $25,000 bond, and he has to go back to court, you know, in June. And, you know, again, you know, they're, like, disappointed because they're saying, you know, now we have, we hailed you as someone who helped to save a life, and now, thank you, you endangered your own kids. And you got so drunk that for eight hours, you can attest to what happened. So, no, you're going to do some time. Because any time you drink so much that you can't even tell people what's going on with your kids, that's a bit much. That's a bit much. And ain't nobody got no business drinking this much. No. And if you got your children and nobody else is in the house, how do you take a chance on getting that drunk? And who left you know, where was mama? Did she leave him with the kids? And he had already started drinking. Because I can tell you right now, this ain't his first time getting drunk like that. Nope, 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 and nope. Not your first time getting drunk like that. So I don't know what the real true Hollywood story is, but that was some poor parenting. Now, hmm, they have this scam. Now, we are always talking about the scams. Well, this one here is another scam. And this one is really a little more scary than others, and I'm going to need a 10-second break, please. Thank you. This one is a little scarier, and I'll tell you why. Now, there's this woman who is an owner of a catering business, a little small intimate catering business, And, you know, she's been working hard for, they say, over 10 years, building her business. She had accumulated a nice amount of money to, you know, in order to kind of, you know, uh, what do you call it, retire, you know, when she wanted to. Kind of got herself a little nest egg. And they say she got a call she got a call from Chase quote unquote asking her about an unauthorized $35 debit card charge from another state 
And, you know, I don't know about any of you, but I have a bank that I have been banking with for almost 30 years. And if you have a lot of activity out of state, I've had them turn my whole card off, yes, as a precaution to make sure that, um, you know, you don't uh, go over uh, somebody else's not using your card, rather. And I've even had where I went to buy gas in Pennsylvania, and before they would clear it, they text me. And I didn't even realize they had texted me. So they do reach out. They do reach out, and they declined it. And I don't know, somehow or another, the the gas charge was questioned because they tried, he tried it twice. The guy did it twice. I, the, I think the reason why he did it twice was my fault. Somehow or another, I told him something. I, I don't know what happened, but he didn't try to do anything. It was me. So they, what they did was the second one they put on hold and they text me. I didn't see the text. I just got a second decline. He told me it was declined again, and it wasn't until we were about to pull off that I saw that they had texted me, and I had to call them because they had turned the whole card off. So, yes, they do stuff like this. So when I called them, they did explain to me what happened. They did ask me, was it me? Who was because it was a double swipe at a gas station in Pennsylvania? Was it me? Could I tell them how much the gas was? Blah blah blah. And I had to order a brand new card. That I can't even use the card anymore. So I told you all of that to tell you that this woman got a call from Chase again, quote unquote, and she tells them whatever it is they need. They ask her, and she hangs up. So they send her a text, and then she receives a call from someone saying that they were from the from Chase, and her caller ID also said it was Chase. On the other end of the line, they said some lady saying that she was Miss Barbara, excuse me, from Chase ATM. Excuse me, she requests permission to use... Um, from the woman, the, the 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 customer, to issue a new debit card to resolve the alleged fraudulent charge. Now, the woman says that Miss Barbara told her she needed to verify the woman's identity, and to do so, she told her to read the numbers from a text that she had received on her phone and she she did it she repeated the numbers and they said thank you she said over the next week that same miss barbara now that's where you should have had a flag because i i don't ever remember getting a phone call from the same person twice i mean who's going to be that dedicated to who have dedicated to your case but in any event they said that miss barbara Called her several times, each time saying that there was a problem delivering her card, and each time she's asking her to read back some numbers from a text message. 
So then the woman decides to visit the branch. And it, oh gosh, they had wiped $160,000 from her bank account. She said that was all the money she had. It took her 12 years to get that money. And they, she tried to, you know, go to Chase and say, hey, you know, this is fraudulent, blah, 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 and she lost. Chase was not um, going to replace, and they have not. They've made a decision not to replace her money. They say that, you know, I don't know how many of you have it now, and it's a little annoying, but now you see why. They have this two-way authentication system. Yeah, so they did all of that, and I guess those numbers that she was reading, you know, was numbers that was actually somehow giving access. Now, they did all of this explaining. I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how somebody fraudulent is sending you numbers through a text that you give that's accessing, so it must not have just been those numbers, because Chase is saying that she somehow gave away bank information, like real live bank stuff. So for argument's sake, if they sent her the text and it looked like it came from Chase, then it had to be some additional stuff. Because whatever the information is that they sent her, it couldn't be from Chase. So it couldn't access her account. It had to be additional information. So Chase is telling people, reminding you again, do not give out your ATM, your PIN codes. You know, most of the time, if you have to give your PIN, it's through an, an automated system. It's not through a person, and they tell you that all the time. I don't care what you get. They will always say in the text that representatives will never ask for personal information like your ATM. So don't give it out, people. I don't care what you're reading. Now, the other day, I got a call, and again, they're asking me for my birth date. And I was like, no. I said, you know what you do? Give me your number. I'll call you back. So I did call back, and I was able to authenticate the fact that they were really the, you know, merchant. It wasn't a bank. It was a creditor. And... Because uh, I'm not doing anything, and I, I don't know. We get into this constant battle because my thing is, why are you using this type of information to authenticate that it's you? Why are you asking people for this stuff when you know that frauds are using the same thing? Fake people are using the same thing. Why don't you find another way? Now I, I signed up for something. The other day in Boyle, boy, did they take me through the ringer. They gave me 
like two past things, and then when and you got to go through three ways to authenticate that is you when you're trying to get into the site, and like I said, it's a pain in the neck. But people, please, please don't give away your information. Please don't give away your information. Now I got an update. I have an update. Remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about the mother who wrote the book about the grieving, you know, that would help grieving children who lost a loved one in Utah? Yeah, yeah, remember her? They, she is back in the news. Now check this out. Now let's go back a little bit. She wrote the book about the, 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 you know, for the children to help them grieve from losing a loved one, a close loved one. Well, they then arrested her for killing, you know, allegedly killing her husband with an overdose of fentanyl. He asked her to make him a drink, and she made the drink and had fentanyl in it. Well, 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 they have stumbled across another piece of information about Homegirl. They said (laughs) that they found out that between 2015 and 2017, she purchased four life insurance policies on her husband totaling almost $2 million, and that he knew nothing about these uh, purchases. Now, they said that in October of 2020, he met with a divorce attorney and an estate planner after he learned that she had made some heavy financial moves without him knowing it. Now, they say that in September of 20, he learned his wife had taken out $250,000 home equity line of credit. She withdrew more than $100,000 from his bank accounts and spent more than $30,000 on his credit cards. She also stole $134,000 from her husband's business that was used for a tax payment. Now, when he approached her about it, she agreed to repay him. Now, maybe this was his way of kind of keeping her around while he went to the divorce attorney. Because who in the world makes an arrangement after all it is for somebody to repay you. How's she going to repay you? Repay you with what? Everything she had came from you, so she no longer has access to your money. How's she paying you back? So he was trying to get the divorce attorney, (laughs) and he had changed his life insurance policy and his will. Well, they say, Prior to March of 22, she had outstanding state and federal tax liabilities 
totaling near $200,000. She owed a money lender nearly $1.85 million, and she owed her husband more than $514,000. On March 3rd, hours before she he died, the amended complaint goes on to say she had a lengthy telephone call with the IRS and she talked to her money lender. Now, he comes from a large family who's well-known locally with members who are active in politics and the Church of the of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. He, are y'all ready for this? <laughs> he met her when she worked at a cashier, as a cashier at Home Depot, where he shopped. Yes, there's silence. <sighs> you couldn't be that much in love. You met this chick at a Home Depot as a cashier, you give her access to all of this stuff. And they said his family members told police that he suspected her of trying to poison him one other time during a vacation in Greece several several years ago. And they said that they raised questions about their marital disagreements stemming from charges to his will and the purchase of an incomplete nearby mansion that she bought and was trying to flip real fast. Now, people, I know that we love, and some of us love harder than others. But really, y'all, really? Is that what we doing now? You done just turned over all your assets to a chick who worked. Man, she couldn't have been giving it up that good. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, we all grown folk here. Yo, what in the world? When I read that piece last night, I was done. Because y'all know what I said the last time about this chick. Yeah, you know, now her baby's going to need to read these books. Now, you know, you didn't have kids. You know, it's you don't want to believe, and you don't want to go into your marriage believing this kind of stuff. But listen, we're going to have to be real. We're going to have to be realer than realer than real because this kind of stuff is real. This kind of stuff is real. And you're going to have to understand that, yo, you can't be trusting folk. Now, I want to talk to my due time crew. And I want to see what they got to say. Where's my pastor, Jeff? And I hope he's calling in soon. Because I would love to hear what he had to say. Where's my pastor, Charlotte? Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. How are you today? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Sinuses got me. Oh, the whole weekend. 
But oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The whole weekend was with sinus issues. So we hope this conversation is going to bring you back. Hope this conversation mm-hmm. is going to bring you back. Because, you know, you always get a little stirred up. Now, mm-hmm. I, want, I want to talk about this scam. Now, Pastor Charlotte, this lady had $160,000 taken from her with stuff that really seems to be typical of, you know, what we experience. You know, they're getting more savvy, and they're doing more things that are the norm for the um, for the bank to do. Have you been contacted by the bank at all? I've experienced, I got scammed before, um, not in the sense of, of this lady, but also not only in the bank, um, I think that they tried to get me uh, through my insurance as well because the lady called me and she had the right name, but she had didn't have the year of my birthday and she had the the month right, but she had the date wrong. And then when I kept questioning her, shouldn't you have my information? And that's how they was getting me um, on the scam, too. Shouldn't you have the information where I don't have to tell you, where I don't have to uh, give it to you? Go to your files. And you're right. The same person is not going to keep calling you. No, no, no. Change the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... Raised by I, I, mm-hmm. What'd you say? Okay. Now I'm just going to say that nowadays, you know, it's so hard of who you trust on the other end of the phone because the name does come up. The bank name comes up, you know, whatever it is, some kind of way that they have it and where that they, when it comes on your phone, it be that person. But you know me, I always think it could be somebody that works in the in the bank too. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to start thinking this way. You really have to start thinking this way, Pastor Sean, because my thing is, how in the world are you getting, how are you getting um, access to even call an ID? You know, that's supposed to be authentic. You know, I, in other words, I couldn't set my call ID to say Bank of America if it's from my house. You know what I'm saying? You, you you can't you can't do stuff like that. Ain't none of us running a telephone company where we you know where we do stuff like that. Or either like you always say, you gotta have something or someone on the inside because this stuff is not making sense to me at all. So I don't know. Maybe somebody else. Maybe Pastor KL has you know a thought, but I can't think of anything either that would authenticate a caller ID that's saying Chase Bank, and now it's someone else, really. So they're all I have a question. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But my thought was, as you were just speaking, um, the question is, remember when from pandemic, a lot of people start working from home, right? So they take their computer, their laptops, rather, and then they're able to go onto the site. So my thought was, is it possible that maybe in that direction of 
having the information and maybe a person who might have gotten fired, you know, but they did not uh, close down their, you know, machine where they can't go in or somebody that's working, once again, in the bank but got somebody else on the outside that's doing too. So, you know, scams all the way around. Well, and and that makes sense because it has to be some some glitch. It has to be some glitch. You know, I've seen where I've gotten tech um, emails or texts from what it would appear to be the bank. I don't respond. I don't respond at all because it does it does something looks off. You know, or maybe you've gotten an, uh, a text that said. You know, your Citibank account has been shut down for uh, protection, for your protection. I ain't got no Citibank account, so I already know that's fraud. You know, so they do stuff Mm -hmm. like that. You know, I've gotten emails that look like it's coming from PayPal or Chase or Bank of America or Capital One or, you know, something. And you could just, if you do some real good looking, you could tell that it's not Mm -hmm. them. It's not real. You know, but whatever they were sending her via text, she was responding to. And now they're draining her account. So while she was reading back, Whatever fraudulent numbers, now mm-hmm. she's also giving away ATM information. And that's why Chase said they would not give her back that money. They would not give her back a dime of the money. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing that, you know, is really making news headline because all the other ones, you know, once they found out it was fraudulent you know, they take it through the fraud department and they reimburse your money. They're not giving her back a dime. So you have some analyst that's now saying that Chase is wrong, that they should give her back her money, blah, blah, blah. Listen, ain't no banking facility going to give up the $160,000, Pastor Charlene. Nah. True, without not a fight. <laughs> no, no. And not only that, not if they find that it was her negligence that she gave information, and they said that they are constantly updating and alerting people, do not do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Whatever the don'ts was, somehow or another she ended up doing it, and they're not giving her anything. So that's the other thing that really made this newsworthy, because she is at $0 with no reimbursement. So I don't know, Pastor Charlene. Whatever it is, makes, make sure mm-hmm. you're not caught behind that $160,000 because they ain't giving you your money back. Absolutely. But this should be a wake-up call for everybody instead of um, – because we got to the place of being lazy, right, and doing everything online or whatever. Just take that sacrifice and go walk inside the bank. It just yeah. make you think of that's what you need to do. Just walk inside. Whenever you get something, walk inside. and Or your phone, because a lot of times you have so much of your business on your phone. So if you have, you know, whatever phone company that you have, even with that too, because they, they scamming that as well. 
So go into the place and find out. Because nowadays, like I said, you just can't trust. It's no. sad, but it's... No, you're absolutely right. And if the same person is calling you, please, please use that as a flag. Because I'm sorry, Miss Barbara ain't going to be the only one from Chase calling you. <laughs> the likelihood of that ain't happening. Uh, all right, Pastor Charlene. You got this woman. A couple of weeks ago I talked about this story where she wrote this children's book. She was all over TV, uh, news. She's gotten, you know, uh, all kinds of accolades for writing this book about, you know, children helping them to grieve when they've lost a loved one. And then five minutes later, she on the news and she in jail for attempting to kill her husband. Now, they didn't have a lot of information at the time. Now, they are saying all of this stuff about how she, I mean, just and it, I mean, just back to back to back. They said she took two hundred and fifty thousand home equity line of credit. She withdrew more than a hundred thousand dollars from his bank account. She spent more than thirty thousand dollars on his credit card. She stole more than one hundred and thirty-four thousand from his business. His business and used for tax payment. Now she's sitting behind bars for all of this. Now they talk about the wealth that he comes from. She, when he met her, was a cashier in Home Depot. Pastor Sean, are we? Is that like giving our money to Miss Barbara? <laughs> Because <laughs> to me, that's what you just did. You just gave your money to Miss Barbara. Well, one, she's the cashier, so he probably was a regular going to Home Depot. And they kicked up a conversation. And so he always, oh, well, you know, conversation. And where he probably went over there and kept talking to her. She had a good game. Uh, you know, what to say. So she pulled him in, and they might have had, you know, conversation of that he had a little bit of money. And love is blinding. But now she got a new book to write. And while she in prison, she <laughs> she got that one. Maybe this one would be a, a better seller, you know. Um, but far as the a family, and that's what one of the things, too, a lot of times when you end the situation, right, you can't see what everybody else can see on the outside. And no matter, you know, you tell people about it, they're going to still do what they want to do. Um, and we always think that it will never happen to us, that we smarter than that. So that's where that, that piece came in of her being able to get access to his money and where that he allowed it. You know, how many, I mean, we can probably think of somebody that maybe not that a lot of amount of money, but that way that we've seen somebody else that we might have known that has gotten played of their finance. And you'd be done told them, you know, oh, she's just trying to get your money. Or he, because he go both ways. It's never one, one-sided, you know, because some men take women money as well, right? And she's the one with the money. So it's possible 
you know, and he probably was lonely, didn't have nobody, and she gave good conversation. So she was able to, to wheel him in. Oh, Pastor Charlotte wasn't on no good conversation. But I did, I have a question, Pastor Charlotte, as a woman. Where his brother at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Why I can't meet nobody like this who got all of this money? I've been more than just a Home Depot cashier. I got more to offer than a Home Depot cashier. Where my husband at with all of this money? Oh my goodness, Pastor Charlie. Well, I don't, look, I, you be you be talking about the church. This one ain't in the church. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I gotta go on the outside. I gotta go to Home yeah. Depot. <laughs> the many church are broke. <laughs> That's right. They broke. So I, they're not shopping at Home Depot. I gotta go to Home Depot and find me husband. Oh my goodness! Thank you for joining us, Pastor Charlotte. Let me talk to my Pastor Kale because I got a couple questions for him. Oh my goodness gracious! Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I'm all right. This where you at in an airplane? I'm on my way. I'm on my way to Atlanta. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! Wow, wow, wow! Oh my I'm, goodness! I'm actually, I'm actually going to, going to Home Depot on the Latter Day Saints. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Just to, listen. Just don't get duped into thinking that she's the one. Just don't get duped into no. thinking she's the one. Oh my goodness! All right, Pastor Kale, you got this. Have you been called by the bank at all? To just double check that it's you or to protect you in any way. Have you been called? I mean, years ago, someone tried to get gas um, from California, and I've been called. Because they know I live in Alabama. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so you have. Oh, did Miss Barbara call you? I mean, how did you how did you know that it was them on the phone? It was really the bank. Well, they gave me a lot of information about me, so I, I knew, you know, who, who they were. And, and they asked me, you know, do I still live in Alabama? Am I in Alabama now? Because apparently someone's trying to get gas in California. I mean, there was a lot of information. But the information okay. that I didn't, have to, I didn't have to release. Like, I didn't have to tell address and all that other stuff. You know what I mean? Account numbers right. and all that. Okay, okay. Well, and that, that's one of the things that Pastor Charlotte was saying and one of the things that I've asked them. No, so you tell me and I'll verify if you got the right information because you can't give out information and feel secure that you're giving your information to other people. Oh, yeah, you know, and that's okay. So people listen, you know, let them give you, again, like Pastor Charlotte said, Pastor Kayla saying the same thing, let people give you a certain amount of information help to authenticate who that is. Also, they also say call the number on the back of your card. Call the number on the back of your card. Hang up. Even if they're saying that it's you know somebody trying to do something fraudulent, call them. Call them. The number on the back of the card is authenticated to them. So, all right, Pastor Al. 
Now, this chick was working in Home Depot. Now, is there any way for a man to, you know, and, and, and maybe from your former life, you could tell that maybe she meant no good, she was up to no good, she was trying to get you stuck in whether you had some or not, but is there something that kind of flags you as a man to say, I don't think she's, you know, she's legit, she might be after what she think I have? Wait, but, you know, you know, sometimes when the customer service is too great, there's an issue. You know, they try to reel you in. When they see you buying all this lumber and all this stuff, they, they know you got money. So now all of a sudden they start asking you personal questions about what you building today. You know, what are you working at today? All this other stuff. You know, you, you got to be careful because, you know, now, now oh, you, make sure you eat lunch now. You know, I don't want you out there and then don't eat lunch. Like, like she's so concerned about you. So you, you got to be careful with certain stuff like that. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you on the other end. I know when I'm missing five dollars. You know, I'm not <laughs> understanding how you don't know that you're missing $100,000. If $5 gets moved out of my account, I'm calling everybody. I'm calling Alabama Power. I'm calling Amazon. I'm calling everybody, you know, because I want to know who got this extra $5. So how is it that the woman got 30000 at one time, 100000 at another time? I'm just not understanding how this works. You know, you have so much money that you don't keep track. You don't know. Listen. If I go get gas, as soon as I finish paying with my debit card, my phone dings. It lets me know that I got gas. Now, I know I got gas because I just paid for the gas. However, right. somebody's going to tell me I just got gas. Right, 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 right. And, you know, it's it's funny that you should mention that because I've, I've done that. It's happened to me. And I asked aunties to go to the store for me <laughs> she's made a purchase and I knew that that was her and then like five minutes afterwards I get another ping and it's like $5.32 I'm like for what so I call her you just use my card she's like dang I didn't even get out the store absolutely like you said so you have these checks and balances to ensure that you kind of know. Now, she wasn't trying to rip me off $5.34. But like you said, something as small as that is flagged. Or something much larger is going to But not be. only that, with, with, with most cards now, you know, being that I work in retail, if, if you purchase something for $1.25 from your credit card, you cannot go back and purchase another thing for $1.25. It's telling right. you that there's a duplicate transaction. Right. Not doing this. right, right, so there's, there's right, 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 well, you know, it, it, this kind of stuff exists, and again, you know, if Miss Barbara keeps calling you, you, you got to wise up, you got to wise up, you got to wise up, thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Care, I'll be back, you and the road, we'll be back in a minute. And uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Let's talk to Pastor Jeff. Hey, Pastor Jeff. Hey, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. How are you? 
I'm good. Good, just okay. That's dropping, good. Dropping good. Off the school. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Nice little breaky break. <laughs> All right, Pastor Jeff. We've got this scam that they're talking about. This woman who gave away $160,000 to who she thought was Chase. The woman just kept calling back, calling back, calling back, asking her to read back the numbers on a text that she was getting that was coming through from quote-unquote Chase. And she clearly gave more than just those numbers because Chase will not reimburse her because they say she gave away some kind of passcode or ATM and they tell you don't do that. They've been telling us not to do that for years, especially since this pandemic where people have really been skyrocketing in this fraudulent business um, and your bank account. And, you know, have you ever been notified from the bank about something and they use that as like a precautionary me- measure to ensure that it was you who made the purchase? All the time. Uh- you know, I do a lot of business through a few accounts, and I'm always getting alerted about so much stuff. And and then, you know, some things have been taken out of my account, but the bank has reimbursed me, you know, so I get that all the time. Okay. Well, if Miss Barbara kept calling you over and over again, they say for over a week, Miss Barbara called Pastor Jeff <laughs> several times and kept telling you that there was a problem with delivering your bank card and kept asking you to read the numbers off the new text, would that alert you? First of all, I would have never fell for, for it the first time. You're not getting me to read my numbers off nothing. You know, I mean, I would have had to, I would have had to call the bank mm-hmm. and know that I called the bank and then read my numbers. So... I mean, but that's because, you know, I've probably been, people have probably tried to scam me so many times during the course of business that I just went, I'm not going to fall for none of that stuff. So, you know, I remember one time getting got, you know, and I after that, give me once, that's it. You're not going to get me again. So, you know, I wouldn't have fell for it. Yeah, it, it, this is this is really... They're getting more sophisticated. They're getting more tricky. So you're going to have to do whatever you need to do, uh, listeners, to protect yourself. Again, they are uh, reminding us, do not give away your PIN numbers. Do not give away your passcodes. Nobody from the bank will ask you for that information. Please protect yourself. And if ever in doubt, just hang up. And call the number on the back of your card. Or go in the bank. Go into the bank, okay? All right, Pastor Jeff. Chicky Poo from Home Depot has, uh, she snagged herself, <laughs> you know, a, 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 a big shark. And she's pulled up all, uh, all this money from various places. I got a question for you. So when he caught her, he made an agreement for her to pay him back. Is that an agreement you would make? <laughs> uh, I mean, getting her arrested 
is not going to get your money back. You know, it might be an agreement I would make. I mean, my purpose is to get my money back, right? Okay, so I got a question. I got a question. Let me let me let me read this to you. It says she took two hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred fifty dollar home equity line of credit. She withdrew more than a hundred thousand dollars from his bank account. She spent more than thirty thousand on his credit cards. She stole a hundred and thirty four thousand from his business. Pastor Jeff, how's she gonna pay you back? That's that's my question. I ain't saying it ain't a good arrangement, but how is she going to pay all of her source of... Okay, so before you met her, she was a Home Depot, Home Depot cashier. How in uh-huh. the world, if all of her money has come from you, because that's where she got all the dollars from, how is she paying you back? Now, you're right, see? She wouldn't be able to pay him back, but right. he's probably so peevish <laughs> that, you know, he he's still looking for a way to salvage that relationship and try to get his money back with hopes of getting his money back. Evidently, the money is not his focus. It's, you, know, it's, you know, it's that pee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no way. At what point do so he did, after a while, he did go to get, you know, he did file for a divorce. And I guess when she realized that he filed for a divorce is when she decided to poison him. Because that's what she's sitting in jail for now, (laughs) is for poisoning him and killing him. And she also... Was he was also told the family said that he also told them that she had tried to poison him before. He thought she had tried to poison him before. So why? What what does it take for us to say you know what? Let me let me just go ahead about my business. Let me just go ahead and file for this divorce. Ain't no repayment terms. Ain't no getting the goods no more. Just go ahead about your business. At what point do we just leave this situation alone, Pastor Jeff? Like I said, I don't never want to run into nothing that good. Got to make me, you know, go that far. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, to me, the flag was when she was working as a Home Depot cashier. That, that to me, was the flag. You know, you, you ain't got nothing to offer me. But the goods. I'm sorry. A man does not care, you know, when it comes to that. When a man is financially, you know, in a place where where he wants to be, you know, he'll take a, a drive-through McDonald's girl. I mean, we we don't we we don't look for that. We're not looking for them to support us. Okay. We're, well, clearly, we're looking for that. that <laughs> Clearly, you're not looking for that, Pastor Jeff. Thank you for joining us. Last week, we had a church folk question submitted, and I need to know if Shanti says that church folk question pulled up. Do you have that church folk question pulled up, Shanti? Because I want to, I promised I would get to it today, and I don't want to, uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to get uh, 
I don't want to get sidetracked. Hold on. Good morning, Shantice. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Do you have our church folk question from last week? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so a listener submitted a church folk question last week, and it reads, the holy, the quote-unquote Holy Ghost attacks how they be in the church, running up and down the aisle, jumping and falling around all crazy, speaking in tongues, etc. Why are these people putting on a show like this? Or the pastors that go all in, don't really be saying anything, then want to call people up to the pulpit. No one goes up there, so they're signaling for people to go up there with funny looks church is not supposed to be a performance. So I guess the question is, what is with all of the quote-unquote Holy Ghost attacks, all of the antics they put on, so on and so forth? All righty. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Charlene, what's with all the Holy Ghost attacks? (laughs) Well, some some is true and some is not. There are some that fake it, absolutely like everything else, and some some people don't. So what I'm trying to understand is what is the question? Because apparently to the viewer, it's fake. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what's coming across. Apparently to the viewer, the person that's quote-unquote and caught the Holy Ghost, as they call it, you know, which you can't catch the Holy Ghost. So we, gotta, we, we really need to clear that up. Right now, you can't catch it. Ain't something somebody could throw, and you catch it with a baseball mitt. Um, you know, they're saying that it, it it appears fake, and they're asking why the show. That that's that's pretty much what the question is. Okay, well, like I just said, um, sometimes some some people are are it's real, and some that are faking it um, to be seen, to be seen. And the reason why I say that some really do, because I have, out of myself, of shouting, of running, I've I've done that myself. So that's why I said that there are some that that touch do hit, and sometimes there are a lot that do fake as well. Especially when the music stops, they stop. Then the music starts again, they start all over again. <laughs> all righty. Uh, let's hear from Pastor K.O. and see what he has to say about this, uh, faking it or not faking it. Pastor K.L., they want to know why people fake it. Well, I mean, people fake it for, for show, of course. Um, but but, but I, I think as a viewer, we have to be very, very careful um, in judging whether they're faking it or not. Every, everything that, that happens or everything that you see, you know, it, it's not always what you see or what you believe. You know, some, some folks are, are, are really in the spirit. You know, now now one way you can find out is that, you know, if, if, if you're in the spirit and she falls down and busts her head, she ain't in the spirit. Because God ain't going to let you hurt yourself. You, you know what I mean? But, but a lot of times, you know, as people who are not, quote, unquote, saved or who are not um, in church, they're just visiting, they, they they don't they don't understand how the spirit flows, you know. So of course they take it as acting and stuff like that. 
Now, not to say that uh, some folks aren't playing with it, but, uh, you know, I, I say a lot of folks aren't, but, but, but they just look look like they are to, to, to the naked eye. Let's put it that way. All righty. All righty. Thank you. Pastor Jeff, what you got? What's your response? Like, uh, the same response that the other pastors have is you have some real, some fake. What are you, you going to do? Shut everybody down? You don't know who's performing and who's not. You got to leave that to God. And and whoever wrote the question, I think their focus is wrong. You understand? You know, maybe they're a little envious because they, they never feel inclined to praise God like that. You know? <laughs> they sit up there with, you know, like they suck it on lemons or something and depressed and everything else and won't let go and let God. You know, that's probably their problem because they don't ever feel nothing, so they think everybody's fake. Okay, okay, okay. Well, my response would be maybe the the onlooker, uh, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, when we're in church, you have both that's happening. You have some, as the pastors have said, some that are valid, some that are invalid. Um, I, I have strayed away from assessing whether this one is real or that one is real because I don't know, and that's what they have said. You don't know. You don't know who's who. You don't know what's real. You know, I have never run around a church, but <laughs> I remember clapping my hands and just clapping my hands and just clapping my hands and just, I couldn't stop clapping my hands and like five days later my arms were sore <laughs> so clapping my hands you know when when you are moved by the spirit of the lord it's it's not dictated what you will do or what you won't do and and I I do agree you know with pastor KL you know you ain't gonna bust your head open and things like that you know when when the spirit does hit you so you know, that that there is, you know, something that God is not going to have, you know, some danger happen to you if you are honestly being moved by the Spirit of the Lord. Um, but to, 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 I, I would say, you know, don't assess. Don't assess. You know, it may look real. It may look fake. But maybe some of the things that look real are fake, and maybe some of the things that look fake are really real. So because of that, we need to kind of stay clear of assessing what's real and what's fake. And as Pastor Jeff said, leave it to the Lord. If they're faking, God will deal with them. You know, because if you've got people who are there and they're believing what's fake, then God God's going to deal with that, you know, because is that something that God wants people to see? You know, want people to witness some fake business going on that you're supposed to be shouting and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, when when all of the, you know, activity is going on and, you know, you've got the, the praise break, as they call it sometimes, then you just stay in your own zone. Just stay in your own zone. Let God deal with you. You know, sometimes people, you know, they don't make noise when they're moved by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, they just cry. Some people, you know, just say, you know, quiet, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And others, on the other hand, they're more active. So, you know, just stay in your zone, let God deal with you, and, you know, just pray that 
everybody, you know, is being moved so that anyone in there will not get the wrong message. Okay? I have a question. I have a church folk question. And maybe y'all can give me some clarity. I'm lost. I don't understand how a person can come into the room. So you have this prophet who comes into the room or somebody who speaks into the room, pastor maybe, and says, you know, that there's prosperity for this church. You know, every, and I don't mean the church itself, you know, um, you know, Bethel Baptist Church. The individuals. I've been in church in services where they've said, you know, well, you know, it, it, you know, there's 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 prosperity, you know, all over the room, and you got the whole room in an uproar, and I'm I'm wondering how are we all in prosperity moment? If because I can I know for a fact we are all not living equal lives, which means that we all could not be recipients of prosperity no more than we could all be recipients of some doom. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, I'm not talking about the church. I've heard that spoken. I don't question that more than I question individuals. Now, y'all have been in this church thing, out in this church thing much more than I have, and I'm just looking for some clarity on that one. And I'm going to start with you, Pastor K.L., let me open your mic. Okay, so so just so I'm clear, what what is what is the question? Why why the question why is, the is you have someone coming? It, it it could be the pastor, it could be missionaries. I've had people prophets. It doesn't matter. Someone who speaks into the room and who says, mm-hmm. you know, there's prosperity all over this room. Everybody's going to get. You know, a blessing. Everybody's going to get money. Everybody's going to get a car. I've literally been in a room several times where it's been spoken of over everybody, not the church. Because I've been where it's the church, and I can't, you know, I don't question that more than I question. And, and you've got the whole room in an uproar because everybody's believing that they are now in prosperity month. So by the end of this month, everybody's going to receive some kind of X, Y, and Z. How do you speak over everybody when everybody is not living a life of prosperity? To be able to receive prosperity at the same time. Is that valid? No, that's definitely not valid. That's definitely not valid. You know, you know. Sometimes there's a word for the house. You know what I mean? And 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 sometimes there's just a word for for individuals. You know, and a lot of times, you know, when when there's a word like money cometh or prosperity in three days or in five days, you know, that's not for everybody. You know, that that that's that's definitely not for everybody. And and a lot of the times, you know, the the prophet or the or the speaker of the hour. It's just pumping him or herself up. They, they, they are not hearing. I'm telling you they are not hearing from God, you know. And, and then again, you know, I say this all the time. When they say money cometh and you got a job, money cometh. It's coming. <laughs> your, your, check, your, your, your check coming on Friday. If they say money cometh and, 
and you get a check the first of the month, and, and we talking about the 31st, money cometh. You know, so certain things are just stupid. And, and we as, as believers who, who, are, who are not indoctrinated in Christ, we run with this because we, we want something to hold on to. And, and the preacher knows that if I speak this, if I speak wealth into your life, you know what I'm saying, then now my offering is going to be even better because I just spoke something good in your life. So, so now, now when I call the offering line, I'm going to sacrifice what I have because I know what I'm about to get because in five days, money cometh. So, so here we are now. We, we give up our light money. We give out our rent money. You know, we give up the, the, the children's lunch money because we believe that money covers, and that is a lie. Uh, when, when I say it all the time because I, I speak prophetically. When, when a prophet speaks into your life, it's a confirmation to what you already know. It's no mystery. If it seems like it's a mystery, then it's not God. But it's a confirmation to what God has already spoken to you about, and, 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 and you just have not gravitated to it. So it's a message that brings you confirmation. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Pastor Jeff, what you got? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I kind of, you know, laugh at all the prophecies when they put it out there where everybody feel like we're all about to get some money, we're all about to get this, we're all about to get that, you know. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't do that. <laughs> when the Lord uses me, you know, I don't make a general statement for, uh, you know, 3,000 people in the, in the, in the congregation, everybody's going to get blessed because we go through different seasons. We're in different seasons in our lives. Some is going through a reaping season of whatever they have done, you know, if good or bad. And some are going through a sickness season or this, that season. So, you know, a lot of that stuff is, you know, semantics, and they just trying to, you know, reel in the offerings and get the people riled up and send everybody happy. But if you're truly preaching the gospel and prophesying the way God says, it, it's not going to make everybody happy. His prophets went forth sometimes, and they had to preach famine, doom, and this, that, and the other. So, you know, and they preached prosperity, you know. He told, he told the people, by this time tomorrow, you know, you're going to be blessed. But before that, he said the rain was going to stop and you're going to have a famine. So, you know, true prophecy is going to tell the truth. And a lot of what's going on is not true. All righty, all righty. Pastor Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I agree with both pastors. Also, um, in that being said that, do I believe it? No. Um, I remember us talking about this before. Matter of fact, with Pastor Ed was on, and we talked about it when they say turn to your neighbor and <laughs> say you know, that you want to receive some money in seven days. And I remember um, one time where uh, I was sitting in the church and everybody goes home because they said go home and look in your mailbox. Oh, and no. And you will receive money <laughs> within a certain amount of days. Right, so now what happens is, especially when somebody on the outside comes in, and then when the people come back, now who has to clean that up? Whoever that pastor is, because I was in my mailbox all week and I looked and I ain't seen nothing. 
Right. So now, where does that leave the people? Right. And, you know, and right. like has been stated that everybody's in a different place. You know what I mean? Um, and everybody's not going to receive the blessing. And it reminds me also as you, you ever seen the people with that um, you say such and such happened to you of a blessing. And then this person, she got a blessing too. And when you say something that she got to make us more, every time when somebody says something that they got to, you know what I mean? You ever seen those kind of people too? Right, 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 right. Yes. So that, that all goes into, into that too, you know, and that's why people have to be careful who is speaking and what, it's not really a what they say, it's more what you receive, what you receive in your spirit. And and that's a, a that's a thing that you know we have to be very very careful of, and like uh, Pastor KL said, God's going to tell you first before, and when someone else come behind, it's just a confirmation. It's just a confirmation of something that God has already said to you. So we have to be very careful of what we say, and you know I'm not saying us general. I'm just speaking, you know how I always do, just uh, out there that we have to be very careful of. What is being said and what you receive? Yes. You know, I have. I'm. I'm going to put a stamp on on that, Pastor Charlene, and what uh, Pastor KL said. Uh, well, that was first of all. That was always my question. You know, everybody in here, as as Pastor Jeff put it, as you all put it. You know, we're in different seasons. You know, I, I'm. I'm not gonna get no money to say where you get money. That, ain't, that don't make no sense to me. How does God, you know, give everybody at the same time? And we all have different, I like that terminology, we're reaping differently. We're reaping for different reasons. We're reaping at different seasons. But I'll, I'll tell you a very recent experience, very recent recent experience. Pastor Rob, um, we all know him. Uh, he's been on several times. He, his, I had been invited to uh, Lady Sherelle's birthday. And... It was, uh, you know, her birthday uh, celebration, and they were having a church service. So I was like, okay, I'll go. And as I was getting ready, the Lord said, I'm sending you. So I was like, well, I'm glad you are, because I really don't want to go nowhere today, <laughs> which is my biggest thing. I want to leave my house. So I, I, I went. I went. Um, and when I got there, there was a speaker for the for the service. And after a while, she kept looking at me. She kept looking at me, and there was someone who was standing in front of me, but the way the, the young lady was moving sometimes gave her real clearance where she could look right at me. So after a while, she said she was talking, and she said, you, and she pointed to me. And... I thought maybe she could. I, I kind of felt she was pointing to me, but I was like, there was still someone standing in front of me, so maybe she was pointing to, to them. So she later on came back, and she said it again. She said, you. She said, I'm talking to you. And so the young lady stepped to the side, because clearly she must have felt that she wasn't speaking to her, and I pointed, I looked around, and I pointed to myself, and she said, yes, you. So she said, God said, you're in line for an increase. Now, anybody in this church, 
I believe I've spoken, I've told Pastor Charlotte, I've told Pastor Kale. God said that to me all last year. Increase, in this church, increase, increase, increase. And we've received increase. A blessing actually by Pastor Jeff, um, a very unexpected increase. So that was one of the confirmations that God had spoken increase because it, that conversation came out of absolutely nowhere between Pastor Jeff and myself, and he made the offer. So, but still God kept saying increase, and she, she said, you, God told me to tell you you're in line for an increase. She said, praise God, because increase is coming your way. And so she told Lady Sherelle, she said, I want you to go over there and I want you to hug her and I want you to just keep saying increase, increase, increase. Well, that's the confirmation that Pastor Kale and Pastor Charlene are talking about. Well, I came home that that weekend and a few days, I think a week later, that following week, I spoke to someone else who had also spoken into my life, I would say, well over 10 years ago. And we were talking, and she said, she said, God has increased for you, Pastor um, Stephanie. And I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? And I told her about what had happened the week before, and I told her what happened last year. That's what they're talking about. They're, these people, they, they, what, whatever they give you, God has already given you. Whether loud or whether a small, that still small voice, it is what God has already given you. It's the confirmation that's coming. It ain't going to be where you didn't just rob the bank and now somebody's speaking increase, and you ain't got caught yet. This is not the way God works. So, you know, I, while I have you three pastors on the line, you know every once in a while I, I do this with you, I want you to just give a word to our listeners as to, you know, this arena, whether you want to officially talk about the first question that was asked, about, you know, somebody who's, you know, who appears to be, you know, um, shouting, speaking in tongues, blah, 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 or whether it's someone who is prophetically, quote-unquote, speaking into the room where this may or may not be you. Now, you've already spoken, but now I want you to speak directly to each individual. Pastor Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Well, I just well, let, let's deal with the uh, the semantics in the church. Go to church and focus on the Lord and you, and let whatever he, he knows. He's giving us all emotions, and some of us are more sensitive than others. So let's let let let's you know kind of be conscious of that fact that you know what would make me run around the church might not make you, and then you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know the miracle that God just did. I mean, if somebody just got healed from cancer, that would make me, if I got healed from cancer, I would run around the church a hundred times. You know, so you, you, you got to be conscious of where you at. You know, maybe the Lord hasn't blessed you like he's blessed other people, or you don't realize the blessing. And then 
when it comes to all the uh, scamming stuff, you know, be wise, be wise, be wise. Let you know, have discernment. Don't don't be so gullible when it comes to men. When it comes to these women, you know, women. God made them so powerful that they can use that against you, your loneliness and everything else. You know, you're a great businessman, but you also need wisdom. You know, for the for the street. You know, that, that's that's what I got for the people today. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Pastor Charlene, what you got? Uh, well, actually, I was going there as well because one of the things that I'm going to say to everyone to stay focused on Jesus. Keep your eye on him. Everybody comes to... as I say, the church house, for uh, different reasons. And come and be expecting to be able to meet God there with you and to be able to pour out to him. And close your eyes. Many times people say, I've heard the same thing, you know, uh, this one is fake, that one is you. You know what? Just keep your mind stayed on God. Keep your mind staying on him and being able to re- to release and to receive what he has from for you. Because at the end of the day, you don't know. You don't know nobody's story. Like they say, you know, you can see that people are all right, but you don't know what they're battling with. You don't know what they come from. You don't know if they want to have that next meal because it might look good on the outside, Ain't always what's going on in their household, in their mind, in their heart, in their spirit, you know, and people are able to get you distracted. So stay stay with your eyes, hands lifted up, your eyes lifted to the Lord, and being able to just to be able to know when God touched you. Ask him for that touch, you know, because sometimes I remember when I was playing it. And I was acting like I was shouting. I think I said it on here before. And I was playing it. Next thing I knew, they kept saying, you better stop playing with the Lord. He's going to get you. You better stop playing with the Lord. And I'll never forget, I was taking some water on the pulpit. And I was still young in, in Christ, and I was taking some water to put on the pulpit. Next thing I knew, I was up underneath the chair. I didn't know what had happened to me. And they told me what happened to me. And the pastor, all I remember, when I looked, I opened up my eyes, the pastor was standing of the church we was in. We was in somebody else's church. And uh, he said to me, he said, baby, you okay? I said, how did I get down here? He said, we'll talk about it later. He said, but I'm going to say this to you. I hope you got your checkbook because you done tore up my my whole um, altar, right? And I was like, what? And so they told me what happened. And from that day forward, I always asked God, touch me, touch my heart, clean my heart, touch my mind, touch my spirit. And he will do what you ask him to do. He will be able to move you um, from out of you. And that's one of the things. You'd be surprised. You might be that next person, the person that gave the question. You might get that touch one day. And God say, run, be obedient, and run. Be obedient to what God is telling you to do, because you never know. So I pass those Jews over to y'all. Go on today. 
Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Pastor Charlotte. Pastor KL, what you got for the listeners today? One thing I realized in the Bible is that Job got healed and he got delivered once he began to pray for other folks. You know, if, if you think these people are faking, pray for them. You know, pray for them. You know, that, that, that God might, might touch them. Pray for them that, that they may understand and know who God is in their life. You know, we, 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 we get into a place where we've arrived in church, and now we want to judge everybody else in church. You know, but, but that, that's not our place. We, we should rejoice in the deliverance of someone. You know, that person that, that, that you think is fake may, may have been delivered from something. So, so we should be happy about their deliverance. We should be rejoicing in their healing. You know, the, the reason why we can't get to the next level is because we're still stuck in judgment. And God is saying, I want to use you. I, I want to do some things for you, but but I need you to come out of the mindset that you're in. I need you to start looking into the, from the spiritualized and not the naturalized, because the naturalized would trick you all the time. You know, I, I hear the Lord saying, pursue, overtake, and without fail, recover all. There's some things that, 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 that you've lost and, and, and you're ashamed. You know, there's some things that you've done and that you're ashamed of, and now all you want to do is, is look at somebody else and and, and throw stones at them because you're trying to hide wh- where you come from or what you're going through. But God said, I can even do, the, do it for you as well. I can deliver you as well. I can heal you as well. But, but, but I need you to give me all of you. And if you're standing in judgment, you're not giving me all of you. I, I, I want to deliver you. I want to heal you. I, I want to make you whole. Come on, come on. And listen, before you can touch the hem, you got to get to him. So come on and touch the hem so I can make you whole. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, pastors. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. Thank you for your words of encouragement and and leadership. We pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You as well. You too. Thank you. Thank thank you. Thank you. All righty. Let's go before the Lord, holding hands and holding hearts. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We thank you for just being kind enough to just wake us up today, allowing us to see another blessed and beautiful day. God, with brand new tender mercies, how grateful should we be that regardless of what we did yesterday, you said okay to today. We thank you to Heavenly Father for your loving kindness. We thank you to Heavenly Father for good health. We thank you to Heavenly Father for protection and coverage, God. And we're asking you to Heavenly Father to continue to to cover us, bless us, invest in us, educate us to Heavenly Father. Make us aware, alert as to all the things that's going on, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you, God, for how many times you've covered us from being protected from that scammer on the phone to Heavenly Father. Thank you, God, for how many times we we could have come across a person who would have used us, abused us, and you just blessed us and covered us to Heavenly Father. Thank you for the times when we would have been the abuser, but you kept us out of that zone. Thank you, God for always having your your finger on the pulse of our lives, God, just navigating, 
being that GPS to Heavenly Father, not allowing us to stray but so far, not allowing us to stray at all. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for all the words that were given given here today, dear God, that covered us and helped us from making any ill decisions, that helped us to rethink something that we we may have just gotten ready to do. But you stepped in. Thank you, God, for the experiences that we've had that you have now used for your glory, that we are now here to tell the story, God. And right now, dear Heavenly Father, we're going to lift up all of those who are in the church, who are playing church. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to, to enlighten them to release them from from any of this fake business that's going on that might be misleading people, people who are paying attention to Heavenly Father who should just focus on you themselves. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to just be overall in this situation, whether the question was asked uh, of valid, you know, to... I just want to know, or if it's some level of judgment, as they call it, God. The assessment seems like it's fake, and I just want to know why. We're thanking you, God, for all the questions that come up, and we can help to give clarity. We can help to give direction. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for just anointing and appointing us to do your work. Thank you for allowing us to get up and make the decision that we will serve you. Because if you had closed our eyes any time before today, we would not be able to serve you any longer. We would not be in the heavens beating tambourines and and, and, and playing the piano and singing and serving you. We have that ability right now while we have breath in our bodies, and I pray, God, that we realize that the time is now to give our all to you, because once you shut it down, it's done. Your word says that all of our plans perish. So we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to enlighten us. Enlighten us, enlighten us, and enlighten us. We thank you, God, for the investment. We thank you, God, for never giving up on us. We thank you, God, for never turning your back. We thank you, God, for always being there. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. We ask you to bless Pastor Charlene's health. We ask you to help her feel better, dear Heavenly Father, so that she can just serve you without having to even worry about or feel anything, any level of discomfort, God. But we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for her uh, her way of pressing, pressing forward, her determination. And we thank you, God, and we ask you to help Pastor KL to get to his destination safely, God, that you would give him traveling mercies on the road. We thank you, Lord, for all the ways you bless us, and we don't even realize it. 
In the precious name of Jesus, God, we pray. Amen. Uh, you know, as I was listening to all of the words um, of guidance and direction, and I thought about, um, you know, whether, you know, the person, you know, the question could have just simply been a question of, you know, um, how do you say it? Just curiosity. Just curiosity. Just wondering why people do these kind of things. You know, we talked about this here on the broadcast before as to, you know, there were people who, anything for attention. You know, we ultimately don't know why unless we ultimately, you know, go and ask them. But, you know, sometimes people do things for attention. And they couldn't even answer as to why they do things. But I will tell you one thing. When the Spirit of the Lord does move in you, it will catch you off guard. You ain't going to be ready for it. You're not going to be ready for it. As Pastor Charlotte was talking, I I remember, oh, my goodness, this had to be well over 32, 33 years ago. And I hadn't even given my life to the Lord yet. And I used to sing on a choir, and as as we were singing, you know, you're just singing, you're just clapping your hands, and, you know, you're singing your part, remembering your notes, and all of that kind of stuff. And when I knew anything next, I was like, we were in the front singing, and I was like somewhere else in the church and I had one shoe on. <laughs> I remember I remember exactly what I was wearing. I could see myself right now. I had a pink and a white a pink white shirt on, a white skirt, white pantyhose and white shoes. And all I know is I had one shoe on and I was way over and when I finally like opened my eyes or whatever, I was like Pastor Charlotte said, I was looking around I couldn't even I, I, I didn't even realize where I was. I was like, well, what in the, I didn't even remember I was in a church, nothing, nothing. I was, I was trying to place where I was, and then slowly, as I looked around, I saw the other choir members and, you know, there's still all this uproar. And, and like I said before, before I even got to that point, it was no uproar. We were just singing. So I don't know how I managed that I was standing up there singing and all of that going on, and now there's this uproar going on all around the church. And I was like, well, what in the world happened here? And they teased me for a long time. Oh, my goodness, did the choir members tease me because they was like, did y'all see Stephanie? And I couldn't, you know, say where I was. Um, you know, what had happened, rather. All I know is I just, you know, migrated slowly, you know, in deep thought into my chair. And I sat down, and I still only had one shoe on. I didn't even know what other shoe was. Somebody brought me the shoe later. But I remember later saying to myself how I had looked at other people and had, wondered whether it was real or not. 
So that that's why it came to me when Pastor Charlene was talking because she said that, you know, she used to make fun of people and stuff like that. And I never used to make fun of people, but I always wondered, you know, that that look fake or that looks real. Is that real? And does that really happen? And I didn't come from a church like that. You know, it was very, you know, you know much low-key you know, low church and things like that. I didn't come from that, but I had seen it. But, it, it, you know, that was my first experience ever. And like I said, I hadn't even given my life to the Lord. I hadn't even given my life to the Lord. I, I don't know nothing about, you know, I hadn't been nowhere near baptism, nowhere near even thinking about, you know, I want to be baptized, but nowhere near that. And yet I I experienced that. So it doesn't even matter. When God wants to deal with you in any manner, it doesn't mean that you even have to be baptized to even experience that. Because I didn't hate God, but... You know, again, that just wasn't, you know, where my head was. And But I was going to church. You know, I was going to church. I believed in God. I believed in what I was taught, uh, taught and things like that. So, you know, we have no idea, you know, what can and will happen. And I told you about, you know, when I was clapping in, <laughs> in service and I couldn't stop clapping. And they went on with the service and I was still clapping. I was, they talk about that every once in a while now, you know, how I clap through, you know, Pastor Burroughs <laughs> actually going on with the service. And, you know, like a week later, my arms and my hands and my wrists were in so much pain. And I was like, why does my arms and stuff hurt like that? And then I kind of remembered, well, Stephanie, you spent like 15 minutes, and I mean clapping hard. So, you know, when when God is ready to deal with you, it's nothing that you can do about it. When he's ready to move, and that's what that taught me. And from that point, I never questioned whether, you know, it was real or not. You know, whether their praise was valid or not. I just, again, just kind of focused on myself. So as I said, I don't think, you know, the question came across as anything, you know, as they put judgmental or anything like that, it just probably was a, a, a valid question. But know that it, when God is ready to move, he will move and can move in, in anybody that he chooses to. So, you know, let's always be ready, especially if you've given your life to the Lord. Let's be ready and prepared to let God use us at his will. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, my pastors, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to Christ right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Wow Wednesday. 
I love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.